Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Hey, this is Mark, and this is your last chance to be part of history, to contribute to episode 100 of the Entree Architect podcast. On episode 100, I want to feature you the Entree Architect community. So if you don't know yet, here's my idea. I want you to, to pull out your iPhone and, and click on your voice memo app. In your iPhone, that app is located with your utilities group, with your calculator and your compass. And if you're on Android, I know they have a voice memo app too, but I don't know how to get to it because I'm an iPhone guy. So click onto that app, hold the phone up to your mouth like you're speaking on the telephone, in order to, to ensure a nice, crisp, clean recording and record your answer to this simple question. What is the one thing that you did this year to improve your business, your leadership, or your life? I want you to share what you know. I want you to share one tip, one technique, one system, or suggestion that made your world a little bit better this year. So record Record your answer to this question. What is the one thing that you did this year to improve your business, your leadership, or your life? And email that audio file to me at support at entrearchitect.com. This is your last call. Send me your audio file before the deadline of Wednesday, November 11th, 2015. Then listen to episode 100 scheduled for release on November 20th. I can't wait to hear your voice on the Entree Architect Podcast. This is the Entree Architect Podcast, episode 98. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this 
is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. Have you ever considered following a dream other than a traditional practice in architecture? Do you have a passion that's burning inside? Maybe you have a great idea for this new business, but you're just afraid to pursue it because of all the hard work that it required to become a licensed architect. You don't want to just throw that all away and leave behind your dream of being an architect for a new dream, pursuing something else. But what if you did? What if you pushed through that fear and you took a new path? What if you allowed yourself to follow your passion and take your life in a new direction? Our guest this week did just that. He had an idea and followed his passion to create something amazing, something influential and beneficial to others. This week, I invited the founder of BlackSpectacles.com, Mark Tier, to join me and talk about the life of an entrepreneur architect on the Entree Architect podcast. This episode of the Entree Architect podcast is sponsored by ArcaSnapper, a great way to create and manage field reports. Learn more at EntreeArchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper and FreshBooks the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. Learn more at freshbooks.com slash architect. Mark Tier, welcome to the Entree Architect podcast. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm glad you're here today. Thanks for having me. Um, you are an architect based in Chicago, and you're the founder of blackspectacles.com. That's an online learning platform for architecture and design was founded in 2010 with a mission to advance the creative potential of the architecture and design professions. And the site offers courses for learning design software and preparing to take the AREs, the architect re uh, registration exam. There's a blog and a, tons of videos and webinars and interviews. And it's all about the road to licensure and, and how technology is uh, enabling world-class design. And pretty much there's, there's a content of, of for every section of the ARE, it's really that you've partnered mm -hmm. up with uh, the American Institute of Architects to provide online resources for studying for the ARE. Mm -hmm. So you can find everything you need there for the ARE. And there's uh, lots of video and content and, and education for pretty much every available design software. So everything, pretty much everything that an architect would ever, would ever need to know uh, that's not covered on Entree Architect, because we're all about business and leadership in life. So anything that we're not covering, you guys over at Black Spectacles <laughs> is covering, are covering. So. That's right. It's the perfect combination. Yeah. Entree Architect plus Black Spectacles equals fully uh, uh, well-rounded architecture education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All you need, Black Spectacles and Entree Architect, and you're done. That's don't, right. Don't even bother going to school. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I asked Mark to join us here on the podcast today to, to talk about the life of an entrepreneur architect. He, he's an architect and he, he, uh, he founded and launched blackspectacles.com and, and uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story. So I'd like, Mark, you to 
sort of tell us your origin story. What inspired you to become an architect, first of all? Um, and give us that, 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 that journey from that point to where you find yourself today. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, again, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's welcome. a privilege to be uh, to be on with you, and uh, um, I'm a huge fan of of what you guys are doing and trying to help small business architects um, do it the right way. So, kudos to you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> About the great work. Um, in terms of my story, I really have no idea how I, you know, stumbled upon the. I don't have kind of a a big epiphany moment, but I know that when I when I was in high school, I already knew. Uh, that I wanted to be an architect. Uh, and so, you know, freshman year got, got involved in their drafting program or whatever it was and, um, stuck with it for all four years, um, and made my way into architecture school at the university of Illinois down in Urbana Champaign. Um, and, um, let's see, graduated, got a job, worked for about a year and a half, went to, went to, um, uh, went to Clemson for my master's, uh, which was an interesting experience. My first day at grad school was in Italy, uh, which was quite quite a wild experience. I never wow, really nice. traveled, um, and they had a really uh, wonderful uh, study abroad program. So, um, so I got to travel a little bit in uh, in grad school. Um, graduated and um, ended up uh, going back to that um, to that firm that I'd worked at previously stayed there for, you know, maybe three or four more years and then landed, uh, at Gensler in Chicago. And, um, and you were there for quite a while, right? Yeah, I was, I, I think, let's see, I started there in 2005, um, worked for a couple of years and then ended up, uh, through one of my colleagues, uh, getting a, um, getting a little position at, at IIT in their school of architecture, um, helping to teach, uh, design software, and um, mostly because I wanted to teach studio, right? Um, uh, it didn't take me too long to figure out that that was a pretty bad idea if I actually wanted to continue practicing full time, uh, because teaching studio was a, a pretty massive, um, uh, you know, time uh, commitment. And so, um, so you know, I continued to teach uh, software because it was great, you know, being a part of, um, you know, the university. Um, and it was about that time that. Um, I started having these lunches with this uh, this uh, this uh, professor um, Bob Babin, who um, you know I think I think he maybe he was teaching one uh, one sort of one course. He was on the board of overseers at IIT, um, and he had this. He was maybe like eighty or eighty-five years old, um, but he had this like sort of burning passion. I think uh, for both technology and entrepreneurship. Um, so he started inviting me to these lunches that were very kind of amorphous in nature. Um, you know, we, you know, he kind of had, you know, various ideas that he was sort of interested in, you know, for various purposes. Some of them had to do with technology. Some of them had to do with education. Some of them had to do with, you know, just architecture in general. Uh, and so we started meeting, you know, every couple of months and, um, sort of at the same time, um, the School of Architecture was kind of reconsidering their uh, digital design curriculum. And um, there were maybe four or five of us who were teaching different, uh, you know, different design software. And um, uh, all the studio professors, most of whom were, you know, in their 60s, uh, thought that, you know, incorporating some kind of design technology into the studio was silly and didn't make any sense, uh, which we were incredulous about because, 
uh, most of the students knew that in order to work, you needed to know, you know, you needed to know the, the tools you needed to get a job. Right. Um, and yet there wasn't any time in the curriculum to teach them and they didn't, weren't willing to include that in the design curriculum. So they were kind of stuck. Yeah. I think um, that struggle was happening all over the country at that time. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, um, I mean, I graduated with my master's in 2000 and uh, in, in two and throughout my entire, you know, um, academic career, I, I was I, I was sort of facing the exact same problem. So it was kind of ridiculous that, you know, uh, however many years later, um, the same problem existed. And then at the same time, you know, practicing at Gensler, um, this is when, you know, Revit became really popular, um, had been adopted by the firm. And then um, um, Grasshopper sort of exploded as this, this new tool and the idea of parametric design. Um, and Grasshopper was amazing because not only did it, you know, um, to become an important tool, but then there was this sort of rush to build all these plugins. So it was like every time you went to go learn one version of Grasshopper, there were eight new plugins. Um, and as a practicing architect, I was working on, um, you know, I was working on, uh, I was basically, a, you know, a project architect, project designer, where, you know, working on a project from before they had a site to picking the art um, you know, in the building after it was done. So we're working through the entire thing and just feeling like, gee, you know, um, if I want to do great work, I need to know all these tools and God, I'm sinking over here. Um, how the hell is someone supposed to, you know, keep up with all this stuff? So I was having this problem, you know, how am I supposed to learn all these tools? And I was in a, you know, a firm that had a tremendous amount of resources, had sent me to a number of conferences to learn stuff. Um, and then I saw my students were having a similar problem where they're supposed to know all these tools and nobody wanted to teach them. So, Somehow, uh, those experiences, plus my meetings with Bob Babin, plus, uh, you know, frankly, um, uh, there was a time where I did some uh, some web design work for an artist friend of mine um, and needed to learn Adobe Flash. Um, I'd committed to to my friend, that, yeah, yeah, I'm going to design this website for you. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it'll be in Flash, so, you know, it'll be kind of like a game. We can, you know, do all this cool stuff knowing full well that I had never, you know, I knew nothing about how to, you know, how to use Flash. Um, so I hopped on the web, typed in learn Flash and stumbled upon lynda.com um, and, you know, was blown away. Of course, they had, a, you know, a four hour course on, you know, how to how to build a website in Flash, which was exactly what I needed. It was $25 a month. Are you kidding? Like, what an amazing value. Yeah, explain what Lynda is in case people don't know. Sure. Lynda is... Um, it's an online tutorial library. Um, they cover all sorts of uh, software. So I believe they started with um, uh, both sort of graphic design software and then also um, uh, HTML and sort of uh, the software and the tools you need to, to learn in order to code websites. I think that was kind of their core competency early on. And then, you know, I think they were, before they were bought by LinkedIn recently, I think they they had been in business for sixteen or seventeen years, um, and so over the course of, the, of that of the history of their company, you know the the breadth of of tools they they um, have tutorials in you know grew to encompass some some you know other other uh, industries, um, and so it's uh, it's uh, it's a monthly membership fee, um, and you get access to their entire training library. So it was really sort of these sort of four experiences, right? You know, these lunches with, you know, this sort of mentor, you know, practicing uh, and kind of sinking, uh, you know, in, you know, in practice uh, with this, you know, overwhelming surge of, of new tools, seeing my students and then having sort of an experience with, um, 
kind of a good alternative as a way to to learn uh, some tools that I needed to learn. Man, one day it just kind of hit me. I think it was after <laughs> I think it was after one of those lunches with Bob. I was walking back to the office and. Um, man, the idea just like hit me in the head. Like, what if we built lynda.com for architects, you know, yeah. um, man, that would kill, you know, it would, uh, it could have, you know, it, it could have, you know, all the Autodesk stuff. It could have Rhino and Grasshopper and all the other plugins and rendering tools and, you know, the tools you need to, to create diagrams and, you know, put presentations together, like all the stuff that I needed to know, to know, or that someone who was coming into the firm needed to know could have it all in one place. And the truth is that, you know, I remember, <laughs> I think uh, this was all in the context of, of me doing um, a tremendous amount of stuff on this project that I was working on. And by that, I mean, you know, we were working in the design process. So I was simultaneously working in a SketchUp model and a Revit model and preparing it to go into 3D Max to get renderings, uh, which then you bring those renderings into Photoshop and you, you know, do your post-production there. You then take those images and bring them into, uh, you know, into an InDesign file. Oh, and by the way, you take your Revit, you know, file and you're creating, uh, you know, plans, sections and elevations, which you then are bringing into, uh, you know, um, Illustrator and coloring them and then bringing them into InDesign and then creating the books and like the entire thing. Oh, and by the way, we're working on like, you know, design development details in Revit and some of them are coming from CAD. And so, um, I mean, the, the real life of an architect is you're working in 10 tools at one time. You're not working in just one tool, which is you know, uh, that's how a lot of, um, that's how a lot of, um, uh, kind of maybe other tutorials are kind of, that's how that's their approach is like, okay, today we're going to learn CAD, um, uh, which is fine. And sometimes you really need to know that, but the, the missing piece there is how, you know, what's the best way to use CAD when you're trying to get that CAD file into Revit and then you need to get it out into Illustrator, you know, like what are the right workflows? And that's kind of like the next level, um, and so anyways, uh, that was, uh, so that was the idea. I went back and, um, grabbed my buddy Jorge, who at the time was a digital design. Um, he was like the firm wide digital design leader. Um, he, you know, had a tremendous amount of experience, uh, creating, you know, beautiful renderings. Um, and <laughs> I explained the idea to him like, Hey, you know, what if we do this thing? You know, we could build a website and you know, we could create all these tutorials. It would be awesome. And he's like, wow, that's a great idea. And I said, awesome. Do you want to do it? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was kind of disappointed and sort of shocked. Now I realize, Oh yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, he grew up, um, he grew up, uh, watching his two parents run, run a very successful restaurant. Um, and so he knows the sacrifice. He knew the sacrifices and the, uh, and what was involved in, um, uh, in creating a business and, yeah. and he was, he was doing just fine at Kensler and it was very happy. Um, and so, you know, I pounded my fist on the table and said, well, screw it. I'm going to do it anyways. We're going to be launched in a month. Let's go. You know, and, <laughs> um, now it's kind of laughable, but, um, but that's how it starts. You know, it starts, yeah. you know, uh, Michael Gerber of the e-myth calls that the entrepreneurial seizure, you know, when that hit you and you're like, Oh, I'm yep. going to do this. This is going to be so easy. Let me just, you know, dot, 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 and we're done. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, life gets in the way and business gets in the way and, and the dream starts to fade and it gets frustrating and, you know, you get overwhelmed and you start questioning whether it was worth doing and, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, no, it's really true. And um, I use that phrase all the time because um, it really does very accurately describe kind of what happens. It's just like <laughs> it really is kind of an overwhelming um, uh, overwhelming thing. And, you know, for me, 
it's sort of interesting. I mean, I guess the way I kind of, you know, articulate that story makes it sound like it was always going to be this, this idea, this online learning library. But I guess the truth is that, um, you know, while that's the idea that, that certainly emerged, you know, sort of at the same time, you know, I started thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I want to, you know, start my own practice actually. Um, you know, cause you know, we're doing nice work here at Gensler, but gee, you know, um, you know, you know how us architects are, you know, I can do it better. Um, so let's, you know, why don't I start doing that? And, and actually that was sort of the first road that I kind of began to explore. And it's, uh, it's sort now, of, was that, was that before the black spectacles idea or simultaneously? Yeah. So it was like maybe a month or two before kind of <laughs> that moment. Where so, I, so those entrepreneurial yeah. juices started flowing around in your brain and you had yeah. your initial entrepreneurial seizure about starting your own firm. It's really, yeah, it's really true. And, and it's funny now I look back and, um, you know, I realize, oh yeah, this has kind of always been kind of going on. Like, you know, all those design competitions I did on the side while I was working. Yeah. That, that was, that was kind of like starting, starting your own business. Um, you know, I had a, you know, business in college, a paper route when I was a kid. Um, so it's like, I guess when I look back now, it's like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of always had that, um, that kind of thing inside, uh, that, um, that just meant that I wasn't uh, ever going to be satisfied. Um, if I, you know, if I wasn't kind of, you know, um, uh, on my own, I guess. So in any case, um, you know, I quickly, uh, you know, uh, after sort of deciding, I think, I think the first fist pounding on the table was I'm going to go start my own, own practice. And, you know, the more I thought about it and the more I talked to people, I realized, you know, that, um, I could probably do that, but I would probably be doing, you know, garage renovations and deck renovations for, um, you know, for the next five years and, and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of clawing my way up. Um, and, you know, I just sort of felt like I wasn't going to be able to, because I didn't have kind of the, frankly, the money laying around, um, to go after the sorts of projects maybe that I wanted to go after. And then I also didn't, you know, have the, the existing relationships with the type of folks who maybe, you know, uh, wanted to do interesting work, I just realized that I was, you know, I was going to kind of, I wasn't going to end up in a better situation than, than I was. Um, and so, um, and so then, you know, um, I eventually sort of found this or, or kind of rekindled this idea of, of an online, um, uh, you know, learning resource for architects. So when you started that, was it, was it in your mind that it was a side project? It was just, you're going to stay at Gensler and you're going to be an architect and you're going to start this side thing and it's going to be great. Was that the idea? Uh, no, upon, you know, fist pounding, yeah. uh, I, it was, uh, you know, I was going to launch in a month and, you know, I was going to be a millionaire in, uh, you know, three months, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was over. <laughs> so you had decided that you were, uh, as Michael O'Neill of the solopreneur hour calls it, you were unemployable. <laughs> and yeah, you, something happened within you that you said, okay, I, I just cannot be an employee anymore. I, I'm, I'm unemployable. It's, this is who I am. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to go do this. Yeah. You know, there's something, and I've, um, whenever I have architects, young architects who, who they want to meet with me to have an architecture confessional where they tell me, you know, you know, father Mark, you know, I, I don't think I like this architecture thing anymore. Um, the thing that, uh, occurred to me is, you know, um, you know, through our schooling and, and really just sort of the, the work of an architect empowers you with so many skills that um, you're just so well equipped to go to go start something on your own. Um, it's it's I mean, you have, 
you know, I don't know. I could go on and on about it, but um, so go, you're just really, really well. That's a, that's a topic I talk about all the time. Yeah, so tell, mean, talk about what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, you know, how do I even start? I guess the... Um, so, so, well, I, here, so here's the thing I, I, I say a lot, and I guess it's true, is that, you know, as an architect you have kind of the audacity to look someone in the eye uh, with a blank piece of paper and say, you know, and they tell you, you know, I want a, you know, a $50 million building and it needs to have all this stuff and it needs to follow all these regulations and it needs to be safe and it needs to be beautiful and, you know, all this stuff. And you can look them in the eye and say, you know, okay, well, when do you want it? You know? Um, And you have the confidence and again, the audacity that you can, you know, get started and you can, you can do that. Um, and so that idea of starting from a blank piece of paper and going to something as sophisticated as, you know, a a new building. Um, I mean, I mean, that's basically what building a business is, right? It's, um, you can, you can use every single part of, of the design and construction process as a metaphor for, for building a business. Um, you know, and so, uh, so in, in many ways we have that kind of practice at, at doing it. Um, and it's just slightly different. And, and what's funny is that, you know, as an architect, you know, we're, um, you know, we're equipped to know a little bit about everything. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know everything about, you know, what legal entity to create my business in, but it doesn't matter. I just kind of know I needed to have a business entity and then I know I can go figure it out. And it doesn't matter that, you know, I don't know, you know, how to develop a website, but it doesn't really matter. I, I don't know. I can go and figure it out. So we just sort of know, we just have this confidence that we can sort of figure it all out. And, and, um, <laughs> it's funny, the part that we really don't get a lot of experience in is actually in sales, um, and how to, you know, which is at the end of the day is the most important thing. And so, um, you know, that's the thing I feel just personally, like, you know, that's the part that I don't have the experience in, but everything else, you know, building the whole business, um, you know, I feel comfortable and confident that, that, you know, that, that we can do it. So, um, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that architects are, are equipped are naturally equipped to, to, uh, to build businesses. I mean, that's why I started entrepreneur architect because small firm architects who are running their own firm are entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. whether, whether they realize oh, yeah. it or not, that's what they are. They've, they've decided that they're going to leave an established firm uh, and go do their own thing. They're either going to start with somebody else or they're going to start from scratch and they're going to build this empire that they yep. want from zero, from a bunch of dirt on the ground. Okay, where am I going to start? With, I have no money, no clients, nothing. Where yeah. do I go from here? And and you figure it out. And that's an entrepreneur uh, taking that risk to take that leap from that comfortable job with that that monthly paycheck to the unknown to the future, to the to the hope and the dreams of what you might become, is all about being an entrepreneur architect, um, and that's that's what you've done as well. You've you've and you've taken the the the, the greater risk to not start your own firm, but to start a, a related but but different business. Yeah. So so how do you how do you because this is a question I get very often, how do you reconcile not practicing architecture anymore? And and after all of that education and all yeah. of that effort and all that time, leave the profession, quote unquote, sure, and start something that's not an architecture firm. Yeah. So there's a couple of points there. The first is, um, uh, you know, that uh, your earlier question, 
<clears throat> about you know um, was this going to be a side job, a side project or something? Um, it was interesting. I mean, um, you know, I was um, doing my best to climb the ladder at Gensler to become a design director. So I was very much, uh, as I like to say now, you know, trying to become Frank Lloyd Wright, right? Trying to become a famous architect um, and making good progress on that. I think at the time. Um, but it just, for me, it just at the, t- you know, where I was in my life, it just didn't make any sense. You know, continuing down that road seems silly because I saw the people ahead of me and, and sort of what, what it meant, uh, for them to do that. And it just wasn't really what I wanted. Um, so I wasn't willing to do that. Um, which is why, you know, doing something different became so appealing. Um, and so very much starting Black Spectacles was me, I had to sort of, in my own mind, just sort of walk away from that that idea. And that's something that I'd been working on for, you know, whatever, 10 or 15 years, right? Um, so there was that. Um, and it's funny, you know, I uh, sometimes go to dinner parties with friends. Um, <laughs> and over the over the years, you know, I would catch a quiet moment with one of them and they would be like, so... Um, like, do you like what you're doing? Like, don't you, don't you actually, the the best one is, you know, don't you miss practicing? And, um, it's, it's, it's kind of a funny question now because it's such an emphatic no, um, not at all. Um, because, and I think, I think at the end of the day, the reason is because, you know, the work, although the work I was working on was interesting, you know, it was so limiting. There was so, there was so little that I was able to influence. Um, and, um, and what and what I'm able to do now running this business is um, is so much more interesting. It's so much more diverse um, at this stage of the game, too. You know, I mean, I'm learning so much. And I don't want to say that I mastered architecture or anything like that, but I felt like I got to a point where I kind of got it, um, uh, you know, in kind of a, a general sense. So um, and I, I guess I didn't get bored with architecture, but uh, instead just find this to be much more appealing. Um, and so, um, yeah. So it's been uh, it's been uh, it's been an easy transition, I guess. Does yeah. that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I mean, you you found uh, inspiration and passion elsewhere, and and you had the courage to say, okay, I did spend all this time and all this effort to become a licensed architect, and and I am a licensed architect, and I will always be an architect. Right. Um, to to follow that other dream, to follow that other passion, and that's a that's a very courageous thing to do. Um, but at the same time, if you listen to yourself, if you listen to your mind and you listen to your your own uh, desires, it's easier to take that step because it's 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 where you want to go. It's where yeah. you want to be. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to ArcaSnapper and FreshBooks for their support as platform sponsors of Entree Architect. Because as platform sponsors, these companies have provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. And I want to say thank you. ArcaSnapper is a simple tool for creating and managing field reports. With ArcaSnapper, architects draft field reports on-site using their phone or tablet. ArcaSnapper is easy to use and it saves a lot of time. I put ArcaSnapper to the test myself, and I love it. Once I set it up and I understood all the features and how it works, it's become a part of my regular workflow at project meetings. I take notes, I shoot photos, I sketch my thoughts right on top of the photos, and it's all automatically uploaded to the cloud. Once I get back to the studio, I log in at my desktop, click a button, 
and my field report is ready to go. ArcaSnapper, grow your business instead of struggling with field reports. If you want to learn more about ArcaSnapper and get a, th- a free 30-day trial, visit entrearchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. And FreshBooks, you've heard me over and over again say profit, then art. The systems are what make a difference in a well-functioning, profitable firm. Mastering some of the less creative tasks, like staying on top of our invoices and tracking our time, is a really crucial part of running our firms. And this is where FreshBooks, our friends and our platform sponsor, can help in a big way. FreshBooks is the amazingly simple invoicing solution perfectly suited for creative professionals who need to focus on their work and not their paperwork. Creating and sending invoices, tracking your time, and managing your expenses will become the easiest part of your day, and you'll probably end up wondering why you didn't start sooner. If you have questions, help is free, forever. And you can always count on FreshBooks award-winning support rock stars to go above and beyond whatever you need, anytime. And I tested them myself. They answered my call on the first ring, and I had my issue resolved within minutes. It was beautiful. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, just go to freshbooks.com slash architect and enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. The, um, thing, the thing that's interesting actually is, you know, um, is that I didn't go off and start a pizza joint, right? And right. so um, in many ways, the um, <laughs> it's funny talking to insurance agents or even bankers and stuff, the first question is they're trying to figure out, you know, where's the credibility in this business? Who's the one who's checking all this, all the content, right? Um, and I didn't even really realize it, but I mean, you know, uh, I guess I'm an expert in architecture, right? Like, I, I mean, so um, so in many ways, you know, that, um, so I didn't walk away from architecture and then go, you know, open up a restaurant, but instead, you know, really the the experience and knowledge I've gained over the years um, practicing is now this like really, really valuable asset, um, that, uh, that, um, is really kind of at the center of, 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 of black spectacles at the moment, you know, eventually we'll, we'll grow. Um, and we're, you know, uh, we're working, um, you know, with the curriculum committee and, and other architects and so on. But at the end of the day right now, you know, um, you know, the curriculum is kind of directed, um, you know, by the expertise and experience that I've kind of gained over the years. And, and then also really the relationships that, um, that I've also, you know, built, uh, and developed over the years with other architects who are experts, um, all those things sort of, you know, combined is really what has made black spectacles what it is. Um, it's what's lent the credibility. Um, I mean, we have, you know, architects who are, who are, uh, who are practicing at SOM and Gensler and Crick and Sexton and so on, who are coming in and they're teaching stuff. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they're teaching, they're basically teaching people, um, how they do it in the office. So you have these people who are working on really sophisticated projects. Um, and you know, you know, w- one of the reasons that they're, they're, um, they're teaching with us is they know that um, uh, they know that we kind of uh, we, we get it uh, yeah. because you know it's archi- it's uh, you know it's, uh, as Brian DeYoung from SOM said the other day, you know it's architects learning from architects. Um, so it's actually so that your question about um, you know walking away from the profession it is true, but on the other hand, um, you know I've just sort of 
um, repurposed in a way all that experience and those relationships and sort of turned it into a business that, you know, now is helping the profession that, you know, I'm still a member of in some way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I asked that question because I know other people are, are asking that yeah. question. Um, I, I agree. I, I, you know, I think that everything that you've done from, you know, starting at undergrad school through masters, you know, through, uh, starting at this small firm in Gensler, working your way all the way up to this point, teaching all of that had to have happened in order to get to Black Spectacles. Black Spectacles would have never happened uh, and it would have never been what it is today if you did not go through that progression. And so it's not turning your back on the profession. It's an evolution yeah. of Mark Tier and what sure. Mark, Te Mark Tier is capable of. And, and it's, it's taking all of the information that you've learned and rather than going and designing buildings and affecting the world that way, you've taken all of that information and you've put it back into the profession so the profession can grow and become stronger and benefit from all of the knowledge that you've gained all through all these years. It's, it's a it's a great progression. And, and, and the reason I bring it up is because there are other architects out there that are just like you and me sure. that that um, that have these ideas and have gone through that process of becoming a licensed architect and have gone through the pain of doing that because it's not easy, it's a struggle to get there. Yep. And don't follow their passion just because they don't wanna stop designing buildings. That they don't want to, to, to use all of that information and go do, you know, quote unquote, something else. Um, so I wanted to, to just use that as inspiration for, for the people who are listening for those who do have those ideas. Um, and some of those ideas can be started as side hustles that can just, you can, you can practice your entrepreneur architect is a perfect example. Yeah. It, it, it started as a personal blog and it grew into what it is today. And it's, I still run five cat and I'm doing entrepreneur architect and it's growing. You know, I could definitely say that entrepreneur architect is becoming a much bigger thing than five cat. And eventually my focus will have to be on one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, it's encouraging to hear you say that, um, that you haven't left the profession and that it's just an evolution, uh, of, of you as an architect. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, um, especially that idea. Um, and I, I say this a lot, you know, that I feel like when you come out of school, um, <laughs> if, if they've done their job, like most schools do, you walk out of there feeling like if you don't become a famous architect, you've failed, um, and I get that. Um, uh, I mean, that's not entirely why I was sort of on that road, but I mean, it's certainly part of it. Um, the thing about running a business is, I, mean, I don't know, um, the thing about designing buildings is it's really about making design uh, uh, decisions, design choices. And so um, I think that uh, the choices you make when you're building a business, it's, I mean, they're the same things. It's just they, 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 they represent themselves in a different way. But um, it's the same. It's the same design problem solving that you've learned in school that you you know that you learn in practice. So it's um, well, even if you had a business, even if you were uh, you know developing, even if I was um, you know running a pizza joint, um, which is sort of a neat idea. But um, <laughs> <laughs> mine is a hot dog stand. Oh, a hot dog stand. <laughs> um, you know, I Someday. think that the same logic applies in that um, you're still making those sorts of choices um, in just a in just a different way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so, a, it's tremendously uh, rewarding and fulfilling um, 
um, to be, to be sort of on this, on this road for sure. But it's not easy, is it? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a piece of cake. <laughs> so you're five years into it, yeah. right? You had that, that entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial seizure. You've yeah. pounded your fist. You said you're going to launch it in a year. And, and what happened from there? Yeah. Um, to where you are today. Yeah. So we, um, so it took us, uh, it, so, um, so I, I wanted to launch it in a month, actually. Oh, right, a month, right. That's and said, right. Um, uh, and so as a part of that, uh, you know, I started meeting with people, um, and you know, thankfully met a couple of uh, great people who started <laughs> to kind of settle me down a little bit. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I read this interest this great book by Paul Arden. Uh, he has two two or three of these little books. I think the one that I that I'm referring to is it's either it's not how good you are it's how good you want to be or uh you know whatever you think think the opposite it's one of those two books um and they're this sort of you know really simple brief kind of thing but uh or, or book but in there there's a, a quote that was inspiring to me which which said something like you know uh, something about build it and fix it as you go um and you know especially us us architects you know <laughs> that's that's not a, a philosophy that's going to sell very well or that's going to endear any client with any confidence in you. Right. So, of course, that's not how we proceed. Um, you know, we want to develop, a, you know, something that's perfect, right? Or that's, you know, that's uh, that's uh, at a really high level instead of kind of, you know, building something that's close enough and then kind right. of iterating on it. We want it to be finished. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, so that's sort of a foreign idea. And so it was really helpful for me um, because... Um, you know, I just knew that uh, if I if I tried to create something that was perfect um, and then go out to market, um, that I would just never launch it. Uh, and so that was a really helpful um, uh, kind of philosophy to kind of have in the back of my back of my mind. Um, and so um, you know, I guess the story goes that uh, we uh, it took us 16 uh, months to to launch. So we launched in January of 2012, and uh, you know I. Uh, orchestrated what I, I actually now look back upon and I think it was actually a pretty good launch. You know, we, we developed a competition with the Chicago architectural club, uh, here in Chicago. We, we partnered on that. Uh, the competition entries were due right when we launched our site. Um, and then there was a public voting period that occurred on Facebook where you had to sort of publicly vote for, for folks on Facebook. Um, and and then at the same time we had been sort of accruing a beta test group, um, and then we offered them a fifty percent off for life discount, you know, in the first month. So we orchestrated this really nice kind of first month kind of uh, launch. We made a thousand dollars in our first month, um, which you know, uh, which made me really concerned because I knew that our second month was going to you know be a a fraction of that, which it was. And so that began, um, you know, a really, really sort of slow, <laughs> slow growth. Um, and uh, it's interesting, you know, uh, you know, I quickly began to sort of reach out to the, um, actually, maybe there's a couple of points there. Uh, I, uh, this one guy who I encountered along the way, he made a comment to me that having sort of the expectation that when we launched, you know, we would make $25,000 or I don't even know what number I thought we were going to make, right. but that we were going to just kill it and knock it out of the park. Um, probably really helped me get there, get to the finish line. 
um, and keep pushing the whole way because, you know, in that 16 months, you know, we developed a brand, we developed a blog, you know, uh, I rented an office, I built a recording studio, you know, I like dreamt up a way to like make these tutorials. I recruited, you know, five authors. We made it, we made 10 courses, you know, I hired a video editor, you know, we developed an e-commerce site, you know, went through two or three developers until we found the right one, built the site. I left my job and then we launched like all that happened in 16 months while I was working, you know, a full-time job. Um, and so having that kind of carrot at the end, you know, probably kind of got me there. Um, but in any case, um, you know, we launched and, you know, I, I reached out to the sort of the business community here in Chicago, which was just forming, uh, uh, you know, at the time. I shouldn't say just forming, but it was beginning to kind of coalesce um, at the time. And, uh, you know, eventually got some interesting advice from this one guy who, who suggested that a great way to, you know, kind of propel this business forward was to, you know, pursue partnerships with, you know, organizations. And so um, immediately you know, the AIS came to mind and of course, AIA national and my, you know, my local AI Chicago chapter, like these are the obvious organizations. Right. And so, um, you know, over that summer, you know, we crafted a partnership with AIS, um, which was a great big deal for us. The architecture uh, students, American yeah. Institute of architecture students. That's right. Um, so that was a big deal for us. Um, helped, help get our name out there. Um, helped generate sales, frankly. Um, and, uh, it's interesting. We we got the opportunity to. Actually, it's funny how these things sort of happen, um, and I think these sorts of stories are useful. Um, I was having uh, drinks with a friend of mine. Uh, we had we had been the uh, the co chairs of AI Chicago's Young Architects Forum uh, back in the day, and we were having drinks. And I was telling him, you know, uh, you know, that I was interested in, in, in developing a brand, the Black Spectacles brand, to kind of revolve around design. And although we were teaching software, which is this sort of techie, nerdy kind of, you know, kind of thing, um, that I knew that architects care about design, they love design. And so um, I wanted to have our brand associated with those sorts of things. Uh, and I said, gee, it would be so cool one day if we could, you know, have our name associated with AI Chicago's Design Night, which is kind of the it's kind of like the Oscars for Chicago architecture. You know, it happens at Navy Pier in their grand ballroom. It's, um, it's just really sort of nice event where, you know, all the best uh, design projects are awarded. And he said, oh, well, you should be an in-kind sponsor. And I was like, what's an in-kind sponsor? Uh, and he explained to me that, you know, uh, in exchange for being a platinum sponsor, you do something. So he said, you should email Zurich. So I emailed Zurich. He writes back, absolutely. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> And my answer was, I have no idea. He then proposed that we put together a video for Helmut Jan, who was winning the Lifetime Achievement Award, which I thought was totally awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I partnered up with Great a, opportunity. a local filmmaker guy and uh, Jack Newell. Uh, we put our heads together. We interviewed literally like the A-list of, of every best architect in the city of Chicago, put together a video that was very successful. It was shown at Design Night. Um, and, um, and afterward... Zurich emailed. He was said, "Hey, you know, I heard that you and you know, Joan from AIA um, were talking about uh, our ARE uh, workshops and doing something on your website with them. Tell me more." <laughs> so it was almost like you know the, the credibility earned from putting that together right. yep. kind of provoked him to say, "Hey, let's 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 consider that." And that really began um, a you know about a year and a half kind of process of developing um, an ARE curriculum. 
Um, because, you know, going all the way back to, uh, to sitting in a park, uh, before work, you know, sketching ideas, you know, on, on wanting to do something, you know, uh, on what black spectacles could be, it always seemed obvious, you know, we could, obviously we could do these video tutorials and software and then, you know, we could do, you know, the ARE, we could do a lead exam, we could do the NCIDQ, you know, we could, I mean, it sort of extends itself to all these other things. So, um, so it took us about, uh, about, you know, a year and a half to put it all together. Um, so we developed a partnership with AI Chicago, uh, launched our ARE curriculum in, uh, in May of 2014 and like, holy cow, <laughs> it just like totally took off. It was really the thing that kind of like took us to a new level, both, you know, the, the, the curriculum itself, but also just being associated with AI Chicago, um, the credibility uh, and the awareness that that kind of created for us was incredible. And then, you know, we got lucky that uh, AIA convention was in Chicago uh, that year. So about about six weeks after we launched with AI Chicago, everyone from National was here, which then kind of uh, that began the, uh, some conversations with National, uh, which then continued and, and eventually in May of 2015. So just, you know, five or six months ago, uh, we formalized a relationship with AIA National, rebranded the product as AIA ARE Prep. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and now we have a real business, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, uh, uh, there's a certain point where you kind of, you know, not, you know, folks don't talk about it too much, but you know, there's like, like these base camps you kind of need to get to with your business, you know, like, you know, you, of course you need to, first you need to, you know, you need to launch your product or whatever it is. So you got to get there. And then once you're there, you, you know, the business needs to pay for itself, right? Uh, and then it needs to pay for itself and you, and then it needs to pay for itself and you and your team, uh, or or you know your first you know team member, and then you know you know keep keep going from there. So, um, so we had been on that road, and really you know the partnership with AI Chicago really got us kind of to that first base camp, and of course, you know now this relationship with Nationals really helped us get sort of to the next level. Um, and, you know, all, you know, our business is all funded by, you know, <laughs> by a regular guy, you know, we don't have any, uh, any, any VC funding or anything like that or any investors. Um, and I'm certainly not a wealthy guy, you know, just kind of, you know, built it a little bit at a time. And, you know, thankfully, you know, the idea, uh, you know, um, some of the ideas kind of, um, I learned from Jason Freed, you know, from 37 signals who, you know, it's funny, you know, we've talked about this, Mark, but, you know, the ideas of just starting a business, you know, now you have, there's a lot of press around startups and tech startups and, and, uh, and, you know, getting investors and Shark Tank and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, starting a business is a really old fashioned thing. Um, and at the end of the day, you, you just need to sell. Um, I was, I was listening to some podcast and some guy said, you know, like his dad used to say, you know, do you have more money in your, you know, your bank account, you know, at the end of the day than you did at the beginning, at the beginning of the day. Like it's really simple, yeah. uh, in some ways. That's the um, goal. Yeah. And so, um, so we didn't, uh, you know, in some ways, you know, we didn't, uh, and I actually think if you go, if you find investors early on, you know, you're kind of you've just kind of created a, a, a difficult and kind of artificial situation for your business. Whereas it's so pure and so honest to just go out there and say, Hey, I've got this thing. You want to buy it? And if everyone votes no with their credit card, well then you, you know, your, your idea sucks and you just need to go get a new idea. But if people do vote with their credit card, um, 
then you know you've got something. Um, and so it's all it's all just a matter of sticking with it um, until uh, until um, you know the word gets out and you finally kind of get to the get to the the right level, I guess. Yeah, there's so many lessons in this episode <laughs> through having this conversation with you. It's it's uh, it's been a great conversation. You, you talked about uh, how it's all started with this mentorship. You know that it's that it's important to 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 reach out to the people who who've been through these things before us, uh, because not only do they lead to the things that maybe that person is experienced with, but it leads to other things. I mean, your mentor had no experience in online business yet through those mentorship, through that mentorship, it, it inspired this idea. Um, yep. you talked about scratching your own itch basically, right? This was a, this started as uh, a problem that you had you were developing these or you were working in these software packages and there was no place where you could uh, learn the skills you needed to, to learn. And so there was the idea right. um, inspired by other companies that are already started. Lynda.com uh, sure. is a great ins- inspiration. And I, and I loved the, um, the idea of base camps that, that business is like climbing a mountain yeah. and, and it's the goal is just to get to the next base camp yep. and don't worry about it. You know, summiting, just worry about getting to the next base camp. I talk yeah. about small victories all the time. Don't worry about the big picture. You know, have a plan. You know that you want to go to the summit, but don't worry about what path you're going to take or how you're going to get there. Just worry about getting to the next base camp. Uh, it's a great analogy for business. And, and that's hard for us as architects, too, because um, the other analogy I use all the time is, you know, we're used to, again, that person saying, I want a $50 million building and here's a white piece of paper. And so you go make that $50 million building. So you go, you go straight to the summit. Right. Um, but so much of, you know, running and building a business uh, is about, you know, um, first building a doghouse that you renovate into a garage that you can renovate into a single family home, into a multifamily apartment, into, you know, like that finally becomes this high rise, you know? And so it's about that. And that's hard actually. Um, it's hard to swallow uh, the idea that you know you're not going to be because that's the thing is that we're capable of designing. Um, I mean, I remember when I when I when I started and I spoke to. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I uh, um, uh, I'm I'm some of the first important people who I who I met with were um, were this this company called Hopley, and Aaron and Jess they. Um, they helped sort of with some strategic thinking and a variety of other things. And uh, they also helped us put together an RFP for our website. <laughs> and um, uh, uh, so I put, so I had a, you know, a $20,000 budget. And I said, basically, I wanted to build lynda.com for architects, <laughs> right? And uh, sent that out to a bunch of uh, designers and developers. And, and uh, they all turned me down except for one company, um, Bright Bright Great. Um, who we were talking about earlier, and um, <laughs> it was great. I met with him and Ryan Evans, who's now a co-founder of Tend.io, um, and both of them sort of had the same message, and they were like, you know, y- you just basically articulated a $150,000 website, so you're, you know, you're never going to build that for $20,000. Uh, but instead, like, here's a strategy for how you can start. And like, you, you don't even have a brand, man. Like you don't have a following. No one even knows you exist. Right. So first step is let's create you a brand and let's create you a blog and start writing some content. Um, start amassing an email list and, and a following. Um, and then if that like 
continues and moves forward, then we can work on designing the e-commerce site. And then we can, you know, so it was like, it was actually really interesting um, and kind of unexpected that um, some of the, what you might refer to as vendors, right? My designer and and my uh, developer ultimately, uh, they were actually vetting me, which I found to be really interesting. They were vetting my idea. And it was funny, they, um, Jason from Bright Bright Great, you know, um, you know, we had a, had a talk at the beginning and, um, yeah, he helped me sort of develop that strategy. Um, and then, uh, as we moved forward and I actually, you know, found the right developer, it was interesting. Um, you know, they took my plan of what I wanted to build and they just cut a bunch of stuff out and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're not doing any of that stuff. Um, this is the basic thing and this is what we're going to do. Oh, and by the way, do you have any content? Like, do you have any video tutorials yet? Um, and I almost had to sort of prove to them like, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. We're working on them right now, um, and so. Uh, so they wanted to build a foundation. They wanted to just lay the groundwork for what was to come. Well, for, I think from their experience, yeah. they knew that you had to sort of start small, and that most people probably come to them and they want to build the entire mountain, and you have to just start small, and you have to build right. the first thing first and make that work. And if it doesn't work, well, then at least you didn't go lose one hundred fifty thousand dollars. You yeah. know. Yeah. And, and that's a great lesson for all of us. You know, whether you're starting an architecture firm or an online business, it's the same thing that yep. you, you need to start at the beginning, start small. And, and especially today, architects can can start a virtual firm for 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 yeah. almost nothing for less yeah. than a thousand dollars. You buy a decent computer, some software, well, a couple thousand dollars you can buy, sure. you know, some inexpensive software, a good computer and you're in business. Yep. You know, set it up on your kitchen table and, and start. Yeah. Um, and and it can grow from there, and so uh, it's it's that's a great lesson too. Um, it, we're we're running up against the uh, the clock here, so I want to uh, to thank you very much, Mark, for sure for sharing your story and sharing your knowledge with us here at the podcast. Um, again, it's blackspectacles.com is where people can find um, all of these tutorials and everything that you're doing over there. I, I highly suggest that people go check take a take a look at it. It's a beautiful site. Uh, and it's and some great content there. Uh, you're also on Twitter at Black Spectacles. Uh -huh. um, and so people can find you there as well. Thanks for sharing your knowledge with the profession here at the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. It's been a pleasure to be with you guys. I want you to share a link to this episode with everybody you know. EntreeArchitects.com slash episode 98 you can put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook, email a link to entrearchitect.com slash episode 98 to all your friends because this episode with Mark Tier of Black Spectacles, I found so inspiring. I think there are so many architects that are in the position that Mark was before he started Black Spectacles, that he was a traditional architect and he had this passion to do something else. He had this idea to pursue this dream that was beyond traditional practice, um, something that could be inspiring and informative and inspirational for others. Um, I think there are a lot of architects in that position. And I, I want you to send an episode, this episode to, to all your friends to maybe inspire them to pursue those dreams, to pursue those ideas, and to create things that are beyond the traditional practice. If you are an architect and you're in traditional practice, I encourage you to, to pursue that with all your passion and, and learn about business and be an entrepreneur architect in traditional practice. But if you have this idea and this passion to go beyond that and to create something amazing beyond traditional architecture for the benefit of others, 
I want you to do that. And I want you to, to share this episode with everybody you know so all the people out there who may be feeling that way can hear Mark's story. So entrearchitect.com slash episode 98. Please share it. And don't forget to send me your audio files. This is the last time I'm going to request them. Um, the deadline is November 11th, 2015. The episode is coming out on November 20th, 2015 answer this question. What is the one thing that you did this year to improve your business, your leadership, or your life? And I want you to share your knowledge with the Entree Architect community. Email your answer to support at entrearchitect.com. And don't forget, the file is due November 11th, 2015. This is your last chance. Do it right now. Episode 100 is going to be amazing. I have a bundle of audio files already. It's going to be an amazing episode. It's going to be a lot of work to edit all this stuff, but I am so excited to do it. I can't wait to hear your voice on the Entree Architect podcast. Don't forget, do it right now. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to share what you know. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects you got anything i'm not there yet because it scares the out of me dreaming of launching your own architecture firm well we'll buckle up for a wild ride with emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm where do we begin we don't even know what type of business to formalize as is it an llc is it an llp like how are taxes i mean the list is astronomical season one featured founders jeffrey lexi and chris owners of level studio architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio one evening stumbled into one last dive we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that, (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Call.
calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.